be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and be my heart. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hand and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. He said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand. Bring your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is Divine Mercy Sunday. We speak about God's mercy, but what does that really refer to? We know that Jesus forgives gives us everlasting life through His life, death, and resurrection. But we refer to the mercy because of the extent of what God had to do in order to give us this salvation. The risen Lord stands in the midst of His people and His body is different. It becomes the locked doors but it also has still the wounds of his past. I don't know, but
it seems to me that our resurrected bodies, if we have disfiguring or perhaps have a great tragic accident, our resurrected bodies will not have those wounds that the Lord's body did. And there's a message in it for us that that part of the story of what God has done for us is an important part. The depth that God has gone to in order to give us salvation. This is what His divine mercy is. And think of it, or I think of it this way, we were born, or not we were born, we were first given in creation the Garden of Eden. Our life was eternal. Life was paradise. We were in harmony with one another, with creation, but also, and then most importantly, with God, with whom we walked in the garden every evening. But when we sinned, we turned away from God and were lost. And how does a lost person find their way back? God could have waited up in heaven for us to repent and find our way back. But that was not enough for our God who longed for our presence and that deep relationship that was severed by sin. And so, He comes to us in our humanity. And because of the sin of this world, that act is a tremendous sacrifice that led to the cross death and His resurrection sending in the Spirit. God's love for us is shown, St. Paul tells us, in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the divine mercy, not only that God forgives us, but the extent to which God has gone to forgive us. The passage in the Gospel is probably best is the passage of the prodigal son. Remember the story. The son, the younger son, asks for the father's inheritance, wants nothing to do with separating himself from the father, and goes off and squanders it all, and then recognizes what a mistake it was. And so he has an imperfect confession of hunger. And he wants to come back home. Now, in the Jewish culture, Scripture scholars point out that the proper thing for this father to do would not have been to reach out to his son, but to wait in the house for him to come back and beg for forgiveness. But this father represents God, and we are the prodigal children. And any time we simply make any step back towards God, He meets us where we are, as imperfect as our contrition may be. And He embraces us with His love. He kisses us, puts a ring on our finger, fine clothing that invites us into the banquet because He is filled with joy. He wants us to have that same joy. That's God's divine mercy. Today's gospel passage really is very similar. You see, the disciples are locked in a room 
Because they're fearful. Why are they fearful? You probably know that the fear of the Jews, the Jews doesn't represent the Jewish people or the religion per se, it's the leaders that crucified or helped orchestrate the crucifixion of Jesus. And so the disciples are afraid that if they live their faith in this world, they may be persecuted too. Also, I never thought of this, but scholars would say that maybe the disciples were also afraid of what Jesus would have said. Right? They abandoned him, even after promising that they would be faithful. What was Jesus going to say? We're worthy. You let me down? No. Our God says, keep creating. It's that loving Father's embrace, despite our imperfections. He breaks into our hardened hearts, maybe the locked doors of our hearts, and He casts out the fear, the guilt, the doubt, the confusion. Whatever it is we may not even know that we need, He brings to us in His divine mercy. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God Jesus communicates this early church. But, that was 2,000 years ago, right? What about us? That's why we have promise in this story. Because that risen Lord is truly here, just as really now as He was in that upper room. And promise is a little bit like you and I. We first hear that the Lord is risen from other people. And, if we're blessed, we have witnesses in our lives that are so convinced of and whose lives are so transformed, the fear has been cast out, the guilt cast, healed, the doubt vanished, and they're filled with purpose and direction. And they proclaim to us that Jesus is truly risen. And we want to believe it as strongly as they. But we want to have some assurance that this is truly real. Some deep touch by God directly to give us that type of faith and conviction that casts out the darkness of our doubts. And that is what this gospel passage is saying God wants for us too in His divine mercy says in John's Gospel that this is written so that you may believe. It has always been the church's tradition that we can encounter the risen Lord when we pray with the Gospel. It is the church's tradition. We don't just learn about His words and His wisdom. We do that. But it is a divine encounter with the risen Lord if we open ourselves up to it, where He explains the Scriptures to us. You remember the story of the road to Emmaus in Luke's Gospel? The two disciples on the road, they don't recognize Jesus, but He comes and walks in their midst and explains the Scripture to us. God wants that for us. And then, as this story of the road to Emmaus goes on, the disciples recognize him in 
that is also part of what's happening in the Scripture. They're in the upper room. The first day, Jesus comes. You know, Luke's Gospel says He eats with them. They're there a week later, praying. But more so in the first reading today, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, describes the practice of the early church. That the community gathered in daily prayer. They were faithful to the teachings of the apostles. They shared everything in common. And they shared the breaking of the bread, the Eucharist. And in their midst, they recognized Christ's presence and God added to their numbers every day and they gave such great witness to the world that Christ is risen that others joined them. In the breaking of the bread, Jesus is truly with us. Just like the early church and disciples didn't recognize the risen Lord, Mary thought He was a gardener, other apostles didn't necessarily the unborn to Emmaus, but then they did in the breaking of the bread. This is how the risen Lord appears to us today. He is with us in the Scripture, in the sacraments, and in the community of the church that He founded, that He breathed His Holy Spirit into, that He recreated like from the beginning of time when God formed humanity from the dust and breathed His Spirit into Him. After we fell, He rebreathed that Spirit into us and rebirth his rebirth to our hearts. And so today, in this celebration, recognize with the eyes of faith that Thomas and the other disciples had, he is truly with us. And as you come forward to the Eucharist, receive him, open your heart to him. Let him in through the locked doors of our hardened hearts to give us whatever it is we may need. He knew what Thomas needed. Tell him what you need, and even if you don't know, tell him that. He will bring light in the darkness. He'll bring his peace and his joy. Cast out fear and guilt, doubt, and he will bring his divine mercy. And then renewed in that divine mercy, we become ambassadors of divine mercy to others in the world. He tells us at the end of this path to go and claim the gospel.